hosting for Your Tech Life, proudly provided by Web Central. Everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs and the internet. Information you want, want all the help you need. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Well, thank you very much for downloading. Thank you for listening. Absolutely wonderful to have your company uh, this week for Your Tech Life. This is the show where if I've got a thought about technology, I'll share it with you. If, uh, if there's something going on in the world of technology, I'll share it with you. Uh, and most importantly, if you've got a problem with technology, get in touch. Say day, whatever it might be uh, about technology. Happy to try and help you out and see what we can do. Now, this is a monumental uh, episode for me because it is the um, 501st podcast. Um, I may be bad with maths, <clears throat> but um, and also the timing of different shows comes into it, but uh, with two blokes talking tech over the years, now hitting uh, 213 episodes and your tech life at uh, 288, we've, we've, hit the, we've passed the 500. I'll dwell on that in a second. Uh, we've got a lot of calls, oh, a couple of calls anyway. We're going to talk drones, we're going to talk NBN, we're going to talk racing cars. A subject very close to my heart, as you would well know. Um, and uh, there is a bunch of really interesting news, which will lead me to give a lot of opinion, if I'm honest, on this on this show. We've got, we've got piracy legislation, uh, we've got Taylor Swift and Apple Music, and we've got Netflix's domination, all of which... I definitely want to talk about. Uh, we do it all each and every week. Thanks to the good people at Garmin, Garmin Satellite Navigation and GPS Technologies. And I'll tell you what, I had a look at that um, that portable navigation, the you know sat nav for your car that has built-in dash cam. Uh, the other week, I will uh, I'll review that fully in the weeks ahead. That looks very very cool. If you've got a question, a problem, or a comment about anything technology, get in touch. Say good day, whatever it is. Jump on the website eftm.com.au or yourtechlife.com. Uh, and you can get on Twitter, at Trevor Long is my handle. Uh, do follow me and say good day there. Um, and, of course, Your Tech Life is another Twitter handle. And, of course, EFTM is another. Get on all of them. Just just Twitter away. And, of course, on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash EFTM online. Uh, plenty of ways to get in touch. Uh, plenty of conversation. It's all about you. It's all about informing you and helping we helping you with Your Tech Life. Eight years and uh, a little over a month ago, I um, started hosting a little show called Chip for Brains with Brian Wilshire on Radio 2GB, uh, 10 o'clock Thursday nights. Uh, I was the assistant program director at 2GB and uh, uh, Chip for Brains had been running for many, many years, decades even, uh, with multiple hosts and um, 
that was my first week. And uh, I remember talking to Brian about, you know, the news of the week and we'd cover that off. And I remember he sat down and he said, and uh, hey, everybody, hi ho, as Brian would say. And, um, and he said, Trevor Long joining me uh, for the next hour, taking your calls. And I went, what? What? Are we, what? Taking calls? And um, the rest is history, but I just wanted to kind of talk quickly about it. I mean, it was interesting to me because I loved it from the first moment I did it. I remember having a real buzz about being on the radio. I'd done bits and pieces, you know, reporting from bloody basketball games and things over the years, just little little tiny bits and pieces. I'd never, you know, had that much time on the radio. And and people call up and, and they had questions. You know, this was this was the 10th of March. 2007, and uh, I'm pretty sure it was a Thursday night, and yeah, people, random people ringing up and saying, can you help me with this? And and it was great to be able to help them. And uh, I, I continued Chip for Brains until um, about, uh, I would say, seven years ago when I when I actually left 2GB to, to take up my job at SBS, and, um, and I, I missed it. I missed it a lot. <laughs> it was... Uh, it was that buzz. It was that bug. It was that awesome thing about um, about being on the air. Uh, I continued doing it. I, it. I have to find out when I stopped it. But I did continue doing Chip for Brains for a while after being at SBS. But I kind of realised I needed to have a break, a real break away from um, from uh, from Two GB. So that's why I stopped doing the show. But it wasn't that long after. But um, and obviously it's not hard to work out when it was because uh, it was the twenty ninth of October, about a year after, a year or more after I'd left 2GB, 29th of October, episode one of Your Tech Life, which was a radio program, which was exactly the same as what I do now, uh, a live talk radio program all about technology callers, tonight about Mac computers, cordless phones, Outlook, Hotmail, iPhones, and much more. That was episode one. Um, and we continued doing that um, each and every week. Uh, we moved to you know Thursday nights, and it was like a, a seven or eight o'clock at night. Um, whole bunch of you know different time slots and things, and then um, I left Two GB once again, essentially, but it left in terms of the the radio stuff, and started doing radio at Two UE. But I kept Your Tech Life as my own thing, and I kept uh, Your Tech Life going as a podcast because I was getting great feedback from it. Um, I don't honestly know when it was that um, that I stopped doing. Uh, um, the, the radio show, because it was part of Money News for a while there, but it was quite short. And then, yeah, um, it, it became its own thing. It became its own thing uh, somewhere in 2010. And, um, you know, probably 30 or 40 episodes in. So it's been about 250 full episodes of, uh, of, uh, of Your Tech Life as you know it today. And, you know, that's five or six years of, of constant podcasting. And then, uh, you know, uh, a few years ago we started um, Two Bikes Talking Tech with Stephen Fennick. Um, over all that time, I've continued to do a, a weekly radio show on 2UE and um, a little radio spots across the country on a different radio station. Do you know what? I bloody love it. I really absolutely enjoy talking to people about technology. I love taking calls about technology. Um, I was on with Stuart Bocking today for my, my regular Tuesday spot with, with Bock on, um, on 2UE in the afternoon and it's just awesome to have a fun chat about satellite navigation units and stuff. Um, it's just random because you could ring about anything, <laughs> absolutely anything. Um, you know, we're talking drones, we're talking the NBN, and we're talking racing car games tonight on, on Your Tech Life, episode 288. Um, 
it, it's just brilliant. I love it. Uh, I really appreciate your loyalty to the people that have listened for, for a large bulk of that time. Um, many people I know by name via email and by name on Twitter and, and several people who, who I know um, here and there around the streets and people have bumped into me at the pub or at the shops and it's just weird, but it's awesome. And, uh, and it's great to be able to help people and talk about technology and bring you the, the cool stuff that I get to play with and, and the news that, that I interact with. And uh, look, I, the, you know what? Obviously, my family plays a big role in that because they let me sit here in the studio on a Tuesday night and talk to myself and they don't nag me. Um, but that is about as much of my life that it takes up. I, I, I don't spend every night uh, talking about your tech life. I spend a lot of time doing EFTM and different things. But if it was just about your tech life, it's it's a Tuesday night. That's when I record the calls and that's when I record the show. And that's the time they give me to do that. So it's awesome to have my family support for that. But most importantly, it's just awesome that people keep downloading. And I see the numbers every every week, every month. And while ever the traffic from the from the downloads continues to be in the terabytes, um, I continue to be happy about um, people listening. And I know that um, some weeks it's not for you. Um, you know, talk about something that's not of interest to you. Just skip it, move on. That's, that's the great thing about podcasting. And hopefully you just stay subscribed. Hopefully you, you leave a ranking and rating on uh, on iTunes as well because that helps other people discover it. And um, And it is genuinely, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, it's genuinely awesome to get emails from people who want advice, help, assistance, or just to say good day, and I love doing it. Uh, I can't talk to everyone. I can't respond to every email, and I, you know, should be clear, I get emails who, from people who don't want to come on the show. I can't help because there's no, and it sounds terrible, there's no benefit to me just emailing people back with help. I have a job. Um, I have limited time in my life, and th- there would be no benefit to me. The benefit for me helping you by talking to you is that one other person might be helped by that advice. So by, we're going to talk to Matt later, a caller about drones. If, if two people get some input into their drone future or purchases out of that conversation, that's a win for me. But if Matt and I just had that conversation via email, it'd mean nothing to anyone other than Matt and I. Um, and I think most callers really appreciate the fact that they can have um, a little bit of impact on other people's technology lives as well. Um, so to every single person who's listening this weekend has listened on any week, thank you. Means the world to me. To the hundreds of PR people who have represented their clients to me over the years, thank you. It's 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 important that I know what's going on in the world of technology. I am absolutely privileged to be able to just get sent cool stuff to play with. And when people pass me at the shops or at work or wherever it might be, and say, "I just wish, wish I had your job," I say to them, "Look, it doesn't pay, but it's cool. I get that." <clears throat> um, uh, and to the companies who have, you know, been willing to understand the, the power of, of the podcast in that sense, and to the people, the sponsors, we've had uh, people like Netgear, uh, Norton, Jay's Earphones, I kind of Ox Digital Radios, um, Garmin, obviously, who are still with us today. We've had a lot of people support the show, and that that sponsorship uh, helps me fund, you know, the, the equipment. It helps me fund, you know, drones for my kids to see me play with. It, it's it helps make this a thing that I can justify to my wife. Um, and you know what? This week was a this week was a monumental week for podcasting. Um, you know, I feel really, really proud to to have produced five hundred podcasts. Um, but there's a guy called Mark Marin 
who's a comedian in the United States who has a, a podcast called WTF. And, and he uses the language of the WTF in many of his shows. And this week, my Pocket Cast app alerted me to the latest episode. I don't listen to every episode. I listen to the ones where I know the people. And it said, um, WTF with President Barack Obama. And I went, <laughs> so I downloaded I skipped forward and went, that's really him. And then I, then I stopped and I went back later that night and I listened to the whole thing. And then I found photos. It legitimately was the President of the United States sitting in the garage of a, you know, with the greatest respect to Mark, with a semi-famous individual who, you know, does comedy and, and TV work, but predominantly he's, his life is dedicated to podcasting now. And the President of the United States sat in his garage and was interviewed for a podcast. You know what? Podcasting just got real, people. It just got real. Now, I don't know what... I could do that could be as good as that, you know. I don't know what would make me pinch myself. But I I have a studio. It's in my garage. I I want your thoughts. Don't not 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 taking the Mickey here. Genuinely. We don't have a president. And as much as I'm happy to have Tony Abbott sit here and I'll make that request. That would be just for giggles because I think it'd be great to talk to him about the NBN. It'd be great to talk to him about um, many of the issues we're talking about tonight. But it'd be like a one-upmanship and, and a kind of trying to do what Mark Maron did. I I want to think outside the box. I want to set myself a goal. I don't care whether it takes five years. I want someone here in my my little studio that is as overwhelming to me as, as the President of the United States talking to Mark Maron was. So I'd love your thoughts uh, at Trevor Long on Twitter, uh, EFTM.com.au. Um, thank you. I genuinely mean that. I love doing this each and every week. Um, we have skipped a few weeks here and there, but the, the podcast count is much higher than 500 because we've done many more shows over the years from CES and, and places like that, um, which actually make the count much higher. But just in terms of episode numbers, it's uh, it's big. Uh, to me, it's monumental, and um, I have lost nothing of my desire to do it. And I'll let you in on a little secret. I, I often lose my desire to do this show. I often, uh, you know, think, oh, not tonight. And, you know, uh, and I'm not a believer in the world of of mystics and stuff, but <clears throat> it's always amazing to me that when I get into that point, when I hit a low kind of thing, there's always an email from someone or there's a rating on iTunes or there's something like that that says, uh, I listen every week. I love what you do. Thank you. Or, or you know, there's no no demand for help. It's just a, a really nice email. And you know what? It just lifts me. It lifts me so far out because you remember, just to be clear, I may be in your car speakers now as you drive along. I may be in your ears via earphones as you walk or jog along. But I'm just sitting here in a room talking to myself. And so it's the emails that I get that to be able to help people. It's the emails I get that acknowledge the show exists that remind me that you're there. Um, and it means a lot. And I thank you for every single download. If this is your first episode, welcome. And um, you've missed 500 or so. Um, good luck with the catch-up. But um, maybe just settle in for the ride and enjoy the world of technology as it comes from here on in, uh, here on Your Tech Life. Thank you for listening. Genuinely, uh, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And uh, keep listening each and every week and tell your friends. Let's get cracking Your Tech Life. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. 
So, what about Taylor Swift? Man, she's an opinionated little thing, isn't she? Um, but damn, is she powerful. So, here's a woman who is a, a music megastar who last year withdrew her music from Spotify because, you know, it wasn't looking, it wasn't paying as well or whatever it was, whatever the reason was. And then this week she pens a letter, an open letter to Apple. And she says things like, I'm sure you're aware that Apple Music will be offering a free three-month trial to anyone who signs up for the service. I'm not sure you know that Apple Music will not be paying writers, producers or artists for those three months. I find it shocking, disappointing, and completely unlike this historically progressive and generous company. She says, I realise that Apple is working towards a goal of paid streaming, and I think that is beautiful progress. We know how astronomically successful Apple has been, and we know that this incredible company has the money to pay artists and writers for the three-month trial period, even if it's free for the fans trying it out. And then, interestingly, she, she says, thankfully, I'm on my fifth album and can support myself, my band, crew, and entire management team by playing live shows. That's how she makes her money. And I, this was Monday night, our time, uh, and I, I went on the record on EFTM as saying, look, Apple should just do this. This is a loss leader for them. Pay the artists. What's it going to be, a few million a year? Ten, let's call it 20, 30 million a year. They've got $180 billion in the bank. It's a drop in the ocean. Well, holy Jarus, Batman. Apple responded within 24 hours. Eddie Q from Apple on Twitter. Apple will always make sure that artists are paid. Next tweet. Apple Music will pay artists for streaming even during customers' free trial period. And finally, we hear you, Taylor Swift and indie artists. Love Apple. Man, that's powerful stuff. He um, he hit that out of the ballpark. Taylor Swift is now the saviour of the music industry, and as I call it, the Taylor Swift clause, and now ensures that people get paid, artists get paid. This is huge news. I mean, you can't appreciate how important it is for the artists to um to get this level of of support. So, huge thing, good on her for um for putting it on the on the line there essentially. Now, we don't know yet whether Taylor Swift music is going to be available in Apple Music. But I think we can safely assume that when they rang her and said, "Hey Tay-Tay, thanks for the letter. Um can we have your music if we pay everyone?" I think she said yes. So I think there'll be an announcement leading up to the to the big reveal, and we'll know about Apple Music later in the month as it launches uh, what will be early, late next week, 30th of June. So well done, Taylor Swift. Well done, Apple. Uh, nip that one in the bud, didn't they? And um, we it really puts Apple in the lead on the, in the streaming music front because they'll have the database. If they've got Taylor Swift, they've got more than others. That's, that's a point of difference, and that's what they'll be looking for. You're listening to Your Tech Life. So, uh, I'm at um, odds with most technology journalists. I have to be honest when it comes to um, when it comes to piracy and piracy laws. Now, the Australian Senate uh, passed a bill introduced by Minister Malcolm Turnbull um, 
to essentially block pirate websites. I'm not going to read into the detail, but let's be clear. Bottom line, if a movie company uh, identifies a website that is explicitly set up for the purpose of helping people download illegal content, uh, they can make a request to the Australian courts and have that site blocked from Australian citizens accessing it via Australian ISPs. Good on them. I'm, I'm all in favour of that. Um, Foxtel came out and went, congratulations and thank you to the government, as they should, because they're a rights owner. They buy the rights from companies in the States to distribute here in Australia. That they're entitled to make money from that content however they choose. If someone else, if you want to get together a Kickstarter to buy the rights to Game of Thrones, go for your life. But trust me, you won't be able to afford it. You just won't have the numbers. So um, piracy is illegal, right? The tip's in the title. It's, it's illegal downloads they're trying to block. Now, is this an internet filter? Mm, yes, it is. It's filtering part of the internet. Is this opening the door to a wider filtering of the internet down the track? No. Could it? Yeah, maybe. Will that get publicity? Yeah, it will. Um, do I have a problem with the internet filter? No, I've said that before. Listen back to 500 episodes. I could care less. I have no interest in reading about um, child porn. I have no interest in reading about bomb making. Ban it all. Okay? And... So before I talk about that, let me talk about the biggest issue with this, and that is enforcement. You block, let's say the website is www.imapirateidiot.com. Universal music, universal movies, apply for that to be blocked, it's blocked. Do you know what happens? All that content gets moved to imapirateidiot1.com, and then imapirateidiot2, and the red tape is enormous, and they will continue to run and hide, and they will continue to be found by the people that want to illegally download. Now, it will cut a lot of downloads because the average Joe won't bother trying to find the extra illegal sites, but it won't stop it entirely. And then there's the VPN, the virtual private networks people use to bypass Australian internet filters. They are not illegal. They will never be illegal because they have a legitimate business purpose. But they are also, as I continue to contest, not easy to use or set up. The majority of people are not using them, do not want to use them, and couldn't be asked trying to use them. So yes, people will forever and a day pirate content as they have since I was a boy. They used to pirate VHS. So that will continue to happen. But the government can't stand still while legitimate rights holders are blocked from stopping people accessing illegal content. Now, which takes me to the whole idea of a free and open internet. What the is a free and open internet? The internet is not a, a devoid of regulation. The internet is still part of our society. Our society has laws and rules. For example, porn on the internet is far too easily accessible. Yes, I have accessed such websites. Yes, I know how easy it is to find. Do I want my son to be able to find that content so easy? Hell no. Will I be putting blocks and filters? Hell yeah. Is it my responsibility? Yes, as a parent. But, you know, 
we have rules that say you can't sell pornos in a service station without wrapping around them. Why shouldn't the internet have laws like that? Now, I'm not talking about porn. Go for your life, knock yourself out, that's how it works. But when it comes to illegal content, illegal content, right? So a fraudulent copy of Game of Thrones can't be sold by JB Hi-Fi. They just can't. So why should it be available on the internet? Why shouldn't the government do whatever they can to stop illegal activity happening on the internet? Bring it on, I say. So I don't know why people think they're entitled to some free and open society in a different place to the real world they live in. If you want different rules and regulations and laws to the ones under which you currently live, bugger off and live somewhere else where the laws are more attuned to your moral values. You may find yourself living in a third world country. I'm not sure, but it's possible. I don't know. I just don't see the huge objection to this uh, filter. I'm going to call it a filter because that's what it is. I don't have a problem with it. I don't know why we're objecting to it. Is it a thin end of the wedge? Probably. Will we be up in arms about it down the track? Probably. Is that better? And should we be protecting the rights of, of legitimate rights holders? Hell yeah. Should legitimate rights holders be making content more easily and, and uh, available and affordable? Supply and demand people, I don't know if you did an economics anywhere through school, but they're entitled to charge whatever the hell they want <laughs> if people are prepared to pay for it. And 250-odd thousand people watch Game of Thrones willingly paying Foxtel for it. If no one watched Game of Thrones on Foxtel, your case would be made and we would be on the other side of the black hole that currently is the period between when content was distributed through digital, uh, physical media across uh, different regions of the world and the future, which I believe is five to ten years away, where we have one region one world, one society, one kind of one one kind of economy, if you like. We're not there yet. So stop pretending we are. So to the twenty five year olds who think they can create a whole new world by editorializing about it, good luck. But the majority of people think this is the right way to go. And I'm one of them. So I don't know whether you agree. I don't you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Hit me. Hit me on Twitter at Trevor Long on the website. EFTM.com so that Garmin satellite navigation system I talked about the other week, I was ahead of the time. It was only announced last week, as I said. The NuviCam LMT, $499. This is a beautiful satellite navigation system, high-res, six-inch screen with a built-in dash cam and driver awareness features. So Aussie and New Zealand maps, an integrated dash cam that continually records your driving and saves any files on impact using an accelerometer and stuff on board. And it has forward collision alert. So if, if it detects a car in front of you, it'll actually beep. If it detects that you're swerving out of your lane, it'll beep. And Garmin Real Vision di displays the camera view when approaching selected destinations. Um, this is a very cool thing. This is a real merging of technologies. The dash cam's really popular. Sat, sat navs are still very popular. Uh, Garmin do it better than anyone else, I think, and that's not just because they're a sponsor. I've used a lot of their products, so I think they're great. $499 for the NuviCam LMT. You'll find it at your local re retailer. Uh, the six-inch beautiful screen with inbuilt dash. Perfect for your dashboard. Check it out at garmin.com.au. So my next little editorial spiel 
is about Netflix. Today, Roy Morgan Research released this study. Netflix is the new black streaming TV market, a house of cards as other players suffer arrested development. Dear God, who wrote that? Now, I'm going to read you most of this. Within two months of its local launch, over a million Australians across 400,000 households have signed up to Netflix, the latest streaming video-on-demand data from Roy Morgan Research shows. The numbers, but will the numbers flatten or decline as the introductory free trial ends? Or rock it up, now the latest season of Game of Thrones is finished on Foxtel. Netflix launched uh, in March, and there was estimates of 200,000 people using it. Officially, this is the line that really, really annoys me about this release. Roy Morgan Research says, I quote, Officially, in April, 766,000 Australians in 296,000 homes were subscribed. By May, this had grown to 1.039 million Australians in 408,000 households. What a complete load of garbage. There, what it should read is, according to Roy Morgan Estimates, 766,000 Australians in 296,000 homes and now a million people in 408,000 homes because they surveyed 2,000 people. So it's not official that 700,000 or a million people have Netflix. It's estimated. And I support the statistical concepts that, that research shows. But to estimate is to estimate. To make official is a very different thing. Now, they also say that by, um, by May, uh, 97,000 um, people had Presto, 91,000 had Stan, and QuickFlix had 43,000. I actually think those numbers would be very, very spot on. I think they're close. See, there was a point where Stan, I believe, had 200,000 subscribers, but it's the paid subscribers that, that make, the, make the difference here. So I actually do think the numbers are about 100,000 homes or people have the stands of the world. I do think Stan and Presto are head-to-head, if not Stan slightly ahead. I just don't believe that in terms of scale, I don't believe for a second that a million people have Netflix versus 97,000 with Stan or, or Presto. I think the gap is is big, right? If I was to draw a graph, I'd say it's, um, you know, four, five times the number. But I'm estimating that just on anecdotal data. People I talk to. People that call my radio show, people that call this podcast. Now, Roy Morgan have done an unbelievable amount of research. They've talked to two thousand people, and they talk to two thousand people regularly every month about the streaming video market. I just think it's a big call to say officially, and I think that's where they let themselves down. Um, and I think that I'd like to see the questions they're asking. Now, I'm a big supporter of Netflix. I've got a Netflix account. I use it now and then. And you know what? Full disclosure, I've got a free Netflix account. Uh, I pay for Stan. I let my subscription to Presto lapse. I'll get it again when I need to watch Entourage or something again. Um, So, you know, I'm not coming at this from any other angle other than I just want, I just want this story to not be too distorted by the fact that here's, here's the thing. These companies, Netflix, Presto and Stan will never, well, not for many years anyway, 
They'll never reveal numbers. We'll never know how many people are actually watching, listening, streaming, paying, download, because it's too much of a war. There's there's share prices involved in these things. Um, so I don't, I don't think any time we're going to see numbers, which is why this is such a great story, because Roy Morgan has put numbers out there. Anyway, that's my rant. I just I think it's a big call to say that a million people in 408,000 households have got Netflix. That's one in 20 people. Now, call me a complete narc, but I talk to 20 people in a week and not one in 20 have Netflix. So I just don't believe that's true. I also don't believe that 400,000 out of 10 million households have Netflix. I could easily believe that 400,000 people have signed up to Netflix. I could easily believe that two to three, maybe even 400,000 people are paying for Netflix. But I don't believe the gap is tenfold on the other guys. I, I think the gap's huge, but I don't believe it's tenfold. I'd love to know what you think. Uh, get in touch, say, say good day. Uh, tell me what you think about the Netflix war, the battle. Um, what do you think? What do you think the numbers are? What do you know genuinely about your community, your social circles? What do you know? I'd love to hear what you think. Uh, EFTM.com.au is the website and on Twitter. Uh, that's very, very easy. I'm just at Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. You can get in touch. Go to the website, EFTM.com.au. G'day, Matt. Hey, Trev. How you doing, mate? Good, buddy. What can I do for you? Um, good, mate. Um, I just want to know, uh, my little birdie tells me you've got the new Phantom um, 3. Yeah. Uh, and I just want to know, if um, is it worth me upgrading from the 2? Wow. I just want to know. Wow, big question. <laughs> yeah, I am the world's worst technology impulse buyer. Um, <laughs> no, what, I am. No, no, no. I'll, um, I'm currently at that title. So I owned the Phantom 2 and I added a gimbal, a three-axis gimbal. What do you have on your Phantom? Which Phantom do you have? I've got the Vision 2 Plus. Right. So you would have a much more um, normal experience getting into the 3. So for me, and, and apologies to those that don't understand, I'll try and break it down here, but the Phantom is is a kind of standard airframe. It's this, you know, cross Four, um, four, four blade quadcopter arrangement that that's very similar because people have people are it's the one that people have posted the most photos of and it's kind of generally the drone right now there's different versions that that you and I had before you have the one that has a camera built into it from the factory I had the one that was just a drone and then you added a factory option of uh, of a gimbal, which is a nice little thing that hangs underneath it. You attach your GoPro to, and then keep gives you this beautiful stabilised vision. Now, um, with the with the one that I had, you then had this very basic controller, and you had to spend another six hundred dollars getting the video back from the drone while it's flying into your controller, and you had to buy a screen and all this stuff. Whereas yours, the Vision Two Plus. You put a smartphone on your controller, basically, and you can see the vision in the smart controller. So it's all there, and you, and you pay the premium for that. Yeah, is that correct? Yeah, I use a I use a tripod with an iPad. So right, okay. So oh, that's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> standing there with an iPad. Yeah, very good. So <clears throat> the the big difference for me then is I've bought the Fan, Phantom Three Pro, so the professional one. And it's mm-hmm. similar to yours in that you use a, a device as your as your screen. 
And this is not just to yeah. see what the camera sees, but this is to set settings and do a whole bunch of things. So this is very new to me to have, A, such a great screen, and B, uh, not to have any other accessories. So it's, it's perfect out of the box. It's everything I wanted. Out of the yeah. box, it flies. So there's no advantage to you in that sense, if you get me. Yeah. Okay. But... But the the, uh, yeah, but the app is a but. <laughs> that I don't know what the pilot app is like on the Vision Two Plus. Maybe as you've suggested before, maybe we should get together and go for a flight because the pilot app that works with the Phantom Three is phenomenal. I mean, I can choose everything from the picture, uh, the video quality to the graphic. Uh, sorry, the the still image quality. I can. There's extra buttons on the controller that you can choose what they do. Number one, the controller is ten times better. Ten times better. Mm. Um, you can choose, You can adjust the the speed at which the gimbal pans and uh, tilts up and down. Um, it's just mm-hmm. so much you can do. I haven't even explored. The battery indication on the app is sensational compared to anything before. I just had a percentage. Um, yeah, I, I mean. <laughs> I think you need to do have a look online and see whether the, the app that you use is the same and you've got all these same features or whether it's just a whole stack better on the Phantom 3. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because really, comparing right, the two, yeah. there's two big differences. One, the, the Phantom 3 Pro that I bought has a 4K camera. Um, you can get it yeah. in, the, in the 1080, yeah. but I just thought for the extra few hundred dollars, like, I'm just going to regret it, right? So 4K mm. camera, and the pictures look amazing, and I haven't even started playing with the settings. Um, you can mm-hmm. adjust exposure on the fly, which is brilliant. But that mm. alone, I don't think, is a reason to upgrade. Um, yeah. I know you can adjust the, um, the settings on the fly with the, um, vision? With the, two, with the vision as well. Yeah. But I, um, with, so I, I think there were some new features in, in the Phantom 3, something to do with automatic takeoff or yes, automatic so, landing. So there isn't, there's a takeoff pilot. button. There's a takeoff yep. button. There is no, yep. I haven't yet seen the autopilot so you can plot a map out. I think that's a software upgrade coming. YouTube live streaming mm. is, is unbelievable. So I can, I can initiate a live stream from my drone, uh, you know, 100 metres in the air uh, onto YouTube. It's, it's amazing. Plus, and here's mm. the number one thing that's better about mine than yours. <laughs> <laughs> Indoor flying. <laughs> Yeah. So it's got sensors yeah, on the know. bottom. It's got yeah. sensors on the bottom that allow you to it, it, it can see how far away from the ground, so it actually can have stability indoors without GPS. Now, you know, it's not to fly mm. around your house, it's to fly like you go no. through a warehouse or something. I mean you imagine the vision you can get. So I think that's yeah. probably yeah, expo or something. That would be great, you know. Yeah. So th- there's your reasons mm. to upgrade. So I sold mine on eBay. There was a couple of bidders, and I think it went for a price. Well, I was very happy with the price, put it that way. Um, yeah. I've seen others yeah, go much in, cheaper. They're actually, yeah, they're in demand. There's, um, I, I looked on eBay the other night, and, um, yeah, they're everywhere. So, yeah. Um, so I, I, you're, yeah. You're, you're guaranteed to get kind of seven, 800. Um, yeah. Everything above that is a bonus, basically. I mean, I had – see, I had two spare batteries, uh, and, that, you know, they're yeah. 150 bucks each. Right, so that's three hundred yeah. right there. No matter yeah. what you do, are they, are they the actual same batteries as the two on the Phantom Three? No, um, in fact, uh, on oh, the Phantom really? Three Pro, I think, has different batteries too. But but the Phantom Three oh, has okay. different batteries to the two. They charge quicker and they last longer. So you get about twenty minutes flight oh. time as opposed to sixteen to eighteen. Okay, all right. Mm, something to think about. I might yeah. have to just fly yours, Trev. And uh, whereabouts yeah. in Sydney? Are you? <laughs> 
Sorry? Whereabouts are you? Uh, Earlwood. Earlwood. Where's that? Um, <laughs> um, near uh, near Canterbury. All right, okay. Well, mate, let's. I mean, we've got to hook up. Let's let's get together and yeah, fly absolutely. one weekend. As long as you put up with my kids running around loving drones, um, we no, just need to fine. find a really <laughs> big park that there's no one at uh, or a lookout and yeah. uh, and just go flying um, one Sunday when I have got the kids and uh, mate, we just yeah. you can have a play. Have you ever, have you um, have you taken yours to Palm Beach? Um, I, I drove up to Palm Beach with the kids once, and frankly, there was just too many people around. So I just felt it I wasn't got, wasn't the right thing to do at the time. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a real. I've got some really good footage up there. Yeah, I, really I took good. I went to West Head Lookout on the other side of Palm Beach, if you like, thinking that'd be good too. Yeah. But again, too many people. I'm a real narc for flying where there's bloody no one around because I don't. I mean, it, it sounds egotistical, but I don't want to be the guy who's on the TV and the radio talking about stuff and did the wrong thing so yeah <laughs> well that's i said that's the thing though like i can't uh, you've got to be prepared when you uh, fly these things for people to come up and ask you questions yeah no every time i take off i've got people coming up and just standing next to me watching me and um it, yeah they definitely attract a lot of attention the funniest sometimes thing you, ever you, you go to fly somewhere and there's just heaps of people, and you just say, "No, forget it." Yep. You know, I've, just... mate, I've packed up and and not not flown heaps of times. I went to North Head and had the thing sitting in the bag, and didn't take it out because yeah. there was just so many people around. The funniest thing ever, and I'll um, this is on my one of my YouTube pages, not on the EFTM YouTube page. It's on my old YouTube page, which is called Candela Enterprises. I'll try and if you email me, I'll, I'll send you a link. But it's a test yeah. flight of the DJI Phantom. Now it's a live stream. I initiated yeah. a live stream, right, which goes for 20 yeah. minutes. And the beautiful thing here is I took off, and then some people walked up to me. And what the live stream does yeah. is it uses the audio from the iPad or the controller, and it, it broadcasts that audio. So you can hear me having this, you know, 15-minute conversation with these people who are just <laughs> in awe of it. Um, mm. So, yeah, it's a really good example of, of, of the questions you get. And you're right. So what happens is what I do is when the thing's in the air and people come up to me, I say, listen – um, I'm not allowed to fly this within 30 metres of people. I'm just confirming you're okay for me to land this near you because if you're not, I'm going to yeah. need to go for a walk and land it in the bush or something. And, and they're always fine with it, but I always say that to make sure that they're on board. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Yeah, well, I mean... Yeah, I think, uh, I think fun and games. But, you know, the other thing we should do is um, we should talk about, um, and I've thought about this a couple of times, we should set up like a, a, a simple um, page on EFTM or a blog or something that, that is the best drone locations because... It's a re- It's going to become really big and popular. I'm about to take the kids for a drive around New South Wales. If I can find a few spots where there's, you know, wind farms, dams, lookouts, those beautiful waterfalls and things like that, I want to. I want to find a few of those things and get because that's what I think people should do with their drones is go and explore the country, not the city. Mm, that's yeah, that's the beautiful thing absolutely. about them. All right, mate. So well, let's let's hook up and let's let's fly some drones, buddy. Absolutely, you got my number, mate. All right, mate. Good on you, mate. Thanks for getting in touch. All right. Thanks, mate. Take care. Cheers. And uh, you can get in touch as well if you want to talk drones, computers, phones, doesn't matter. Your tech life, uh, go to the website, eftm.com.au. Talking technology without the jargon. Your Your tech tech life life. with Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whatever time of day it is. doesn't matter at all. Uh, Jump on the phone if you want to get in touch, 1-800-157-157. Or, of course, you can go to the website, eftm.com.au. Let's go to calls. G'day, Chris. Good, Trevor. How are you, mate? Good, buddy. What can I do for you? Uh, mate, I love my V8 supercars. Um, 
I'm, I'm, what my question is, I'm after a, a racing game with VR2 cars, and my problem is, is that I see two options. One is either I go out and purchase an Xbox One with Forza Motorsport, yep. um, or ideally I'd like to get just a, a computer and have the same sort of program as what the VR2 the car drivers use. I just wanted to know if you had any sort of info or some feedback on that. Totally. Well, mate, how good are racing car simulators for a start? They're just the best thing. What have you? So what have you got now? Anything? What's that, sorry? What have you got now? Anything at all? I've got a PS3 at the moment, yeah, but this right. is what I'm looking to, to branch out to either upgrade to the Xbox One just purely so I can have that, that game. Hmm. So, uh, And are you talking about getting the, the V8 Supercar game or Forza, which has some kind of V8 and, and Commodores and stuff in it? Well, ideally, I just want Forza for the V8 Supercars, so that's yeah. why I'm looking at that option because I just that's all I want is the V8 Supercars. I'm not interested in anything else, so <laughs> that's yeah. Well, uh, so I'd say to you that Forza is is an unbelievable game. It's sensational, but you know you're not going to get the kind of career mode thing, kind of going really getting into the V8 thing. Plus, it doesn't have a whole bunch of V8 tracks. It's got Bathurst, right? That's that's it. Um, I think your best bet is a thing which I've not yet played. But, mate, there's a couple of people in my world of, of social influence, Twitter and Facebook, who just nag me about it all the time. And it's a thing called iRacing. Now, I recommend oh, yeah. I recommend you have a good bit of research on this, and I think that what you'll find is that your, your second idea, the PC, is the way to go. So okay. iRacing, the, let, let me be clear, from what I see and what I hear, iRacing isn't as good as the rest in terms of pure graphics, if you like, right? But what it has in terms of realism, tracks, uh, cars, it, it over overwhelmingly makes up for that. So, and it's okay. always being improved. So it's it's a kind of multiplayer, massive online game. Like fifty thousand people around the world play it regularly, and it's. For real racing people, like this is the this is the game to play. So, when you look at screenshots of it, like I look at screenshots and go, yeah, it doesn't look you know super duper uber real when you compare it to even Project Cars, which had just come out, or Forza. But the problem with those games is they have a limited number of tracks, limited number of cars, and in reality, the realism is amazing, but it's not as good as you'll get with something like iRacing. So. Yeah. I reckon if you because the other thing is iRacing gives you this ability to really plan to an upgrade. Now, well, I don't know what you're going to get, but you're going to spend a bit of cash on the PC just to start with because you want to get one that's going to really pump this thing out. You know, good graphics, amazing RAM, a great computer, right? Then yeah. you're going to need a controller. Have you got a controller at all? No, nothing. So you're going to scratch. You're going to want like a Thrustmaster or a Logitech. Now, Logitech have just announced two new wheels. Uh, the G29 and the G920, I think it's called. Um, one of those will be PC compatible. I don't know off the top of my head. I've got the Logitech G27, which works on the PlayStation yep. and on PC. And mate, it's sensational. I mean, you, you've just. Are you married? Yeah, yes. Oh, my sympathies to you. At the, um, at the moment, at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> have you got a man cave? Have you got a man area? Uh, I will have shortly. Oh, oh okay. I don't know that I want to get involved, but um, <laughs> so I've just I've just obtained um, a play seat. So if I was building from scratch for you, the ultimate starting point, let alone the ultimate ending point, um, I'd be getting a, a high end PC. I'd be getting a Logitech wheel, 
and I'd be getting a play seat. Now, play seat is, you know, you sit back, you feel like you're in the racing car, it's got the, you put the steering wheel on it, the whole kit, and, mate, you put a big screen TV in front of it, and you are absolutely flying. You're, you're, in, you're in heaven. I, I'm struggling to take the thing out of my lounge room, and that's the issue with my marriage right now. Sounds like a dream. It is, mate. Oh, I mean, jump. I don't know if you follow me on Twitter. Jump on Twitter or Instagram. I put some photos up on the weekend of where I put this play seat. Oh, mate, it, it's so good. It's so good. And that's just running. <laughs> I'm just running that on a laptop. You know, it's probably not perfect because. So, a couple of things to think about. Um, the TV I've plugged my laptop into, even though it's a 4K 65 inch TV, I reckon the refresh rate isn't brilliant. So, I feel like. What I'm watching on the screen in front of me isn't, um, it just feels like it's a bit laggy, a bit, bit flickery. Whereas if I watch it on the monitor, it's sensational. So you should probably think about whatever rig you create, put a really good monitor, computer monitor on that rig. Now, yeah, right. you know, a 27-inch computer monitor, which is sitting you know, right in front of your face, and then you're good to go. Computer, monitor, steering wheel, play seat. They're your four things you've got to save for and, and, and put down and deposit on. Uh, and then after that, mate, it just goes it goes crazy because then there's, you know, you can actually get seats that have hydraulics and all that kind of stuff, but that's just crazy, crazy, crazy talk. But, mate, <laughs> that, you know, iRacing has a series, so it's online gaming. You can actually race against people. Like, it's it's serious. I would have a... I'd have a full-on look at that and uh, and see what you can uh, see what you can get into. I reckon you'll come back to me and tell me that you're addicted to iRacing. And you know what? I'm going to make a commitment to play around with it as well because I've not done that... I've been nagged to do it, so I'm going to get into it as well, all right? Beautiful. So that's my advice, my friend. Enjoy. Enjoy the V8 supercars, and, uh, mate, bring it on. Beautiful. Thanks for your help, mate. Appreciate it. And no worries. And uh, anyone else you can get in touch, just go to the website, eftm.com.au. Your Tech Life is the name of the show. My name's Trevor Long. Follow me on Twitter at Trevor Long. Jump on the website if you want to get in touch, eftm.com.au. G'day, Ashley. How are you, Trevor? Good, mate. Yourself? Not too bad, thank you. What can I do for you? I'd um, ring you about in the end. Mm. We've um, finally got our letter that we've been hanging out for to say that we can now connect to it. I can't talk to you any longer. I don't want to talk to anyone who's got the NBN. It's not fair. <laughs> uh, suck it up, mate. You've got cable. We don't. True, true, true. Good point. What can I do? So what's what's the dilemma then? Get it on. Turn it on. Yes, well, I, I want to, but um, we're currently with Telstra for our internet at the moment, and they just, uh, same as yourself, bumped us up to one terabyte. Yep. Which, which at our massive four meg speed that we have at the moment, I don't think I could download even if I wanted to. No. Um, but their NBN plans uh, cap out at 500 gig of data. So if we go to a faster plan, a faster speed with yeah. NBN, we're going to want to download more stuff. It's kind of just how it works. Yeah, true, true. Um, so all the other companies, TPG, IINet, uh, Optus, all have for about the same money around that 110 to 130 dollars a month. Mm. Have uh, either unlimited or a terabyte download. Mm. But what Telstra speed? What speed are you looking at getting? 500 gig. Which speed do you want? Because that's a big deal with the NBN. Uh, I was going to go for the hundred. You're going to go the whole hog, mate. Well, <clears throat> might as well. And you're thinking yeah, about what did you say? About 120 bucks. Better, I didn't think. About 120 bucks. Did you say? Uh, I think it's 130. Well, I mean, 
I've just gone straight to the IONET website, right? Which for a hundred meg speed, uh, one terabyte uh, of data is one hundred and twenty bucks, and that mm. includes Netflix is quota free. So, yes. Um, I don't, if if Telstra is any more expensive than that, I'd just be going nut. Because the thing here is, the NBN is a blanket infrastructure. They're all selling the same network. Um, so you know, it is really literally just comparing apples and apples. So if Telstra okay. can't compete, then you just got to walk away. Yeah, well, I, I did bring them and, and spoke to a, um, a gentleman with a heavy accent who um, sort of said, well, that he was very sorry, but there was nothing he could do about it. Yeah. But I, I didn't know whether there was some avenue to contact Telstra to say, hey, look, unless you can match this deal, I'm going elsewhere. Mate, if I they... Did, I did go to a, um, a local Telstra store on... Saturday, and they informed me that there was a 70-minute wait to see someone, but they closed in 60 minutes. Uh, have you picked up the phone to anyone else? I haven't tried the call centre again, no. No, but any other providers? No, no, I've just done the research on, online like you just did. Yeah, mate, I'd pick up the phone to a couple of them. Uh, because I, And again, I'm not, I have no deal with NBN, but I just know that they have local call centres, uh, and they'll be desperate for your deal. So I... Mm. Um, yeah, I, I think I think you should pick up the phone because it's a big difference between just being some two-bit company selling the NBN and actually having a backing of a, you know of a um, of a call center, all those things. So, mate, I, I honestly think Ionet is very hard to beat in terms of the NBN deals and plans and customer service. So, I would ring Ionet, I'd, I'd ring Optus, I'd ring Telstra, which you've already done, and I would make a decision. And and mate, forget loyalty; they don't repay loyalty. Why should you be loyal? That's a good point. That's a good point. I've even started on, on your advice swinging because we had a big pond email address and I've started swinging them all over to a Gmail one. Yep. So that, Way to go, mate. Way to problem. go. All right, I want to want to hear from you when you've uh, made a decision, mate. I want to know which plan you end up on, okay? All right, mate. Thanks for your advice. Good on you, mate. Thanks for uh, always being a part of the show, mate. You're a, you're a loyal man. I appreciate your support. No worries. Thanks, Trevor. Good on you, mate. And you can get in touch as well. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au. Well, thank you very much for listening. A lot of ranting tonight, don't you think? Wow. Jeez, didn't he rant a lot? Taylor Swift, piracy, Netflix, Roy Morgan. Bloody hell, what a high horse. <laughs> uh, would love to hear your feedback on every single of the 500 shows. Love to hear your feedback on who should sit here in the EFTM studio. Who's our goal? What's our target? doesn't have to be next week. I'm talking big goal. What's our stretch goal? Um, who should we get in? And uh, so that I can feel as good as Mark Marin does. <laughs> uh, and I'd love to hear your feedback, support, and uh, and questions. If you've got a question about technology, a problem with technology, or you just want to have a chat about anything technology in your life, jump on the blower, one 157 Go to the website, eftm.com.au, or jump on Twitter, at Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. I'll be back again next week, 289th episode. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long.